0: Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Randy
1: Ford. Welcome to the Success Insight Podcast. I'm your host today, Randy Ford, and we've got a return guest with us today but with another guest. So I want to welcome back Deb Terry to the podcast. She's the president and founder of Skillblenders at skillblenders.com. And if you have not had a chance to hear from Deb, we've had uh, two opportunities to talk to her on the podcast. And I would recommend that you go back and listen. That's episode 1005 and 1012. But Deb, first of all, welcome back. Um, Oh, thank you. And for those people who have not yet had a chance to listen to those, um, just remind us uh, again about what you do, and what Skill Blenders is.
0: What I do is I work with people and organizations to become more effective in building teams, leading, and leading
1: others. And what kinds of organizations do you typically work with?
0: Well, a range of organizations. as some nonprofits all the way up to large
1: Fortune 200 corporations like World Book Corporation and a few others. Okay. And then I mentioned that you brought a guest today. Uh, why don't you introduce us to the other person joining us today?
0: Sure. I'm really happy to introduce you to Simona Papalardo. I had the opportunity to meet Simona about three or four years ago. Our paths crossed. We talk about leadership development and personal effectiveness development. And I had the opportunity to to work with her and and see her her success as a people leader, as well as a technology leader in her field. Great.
1: Simona, welcome to Success Inside Podcast.
2: Thank you, Randy. Thank you for having me today.
1: Why don't you tell us a little bit about you, uh, your organization, and what you do there?
2: So I'm Simona Papalardo. I am currently Electronics and Electric Assistant Senior Director for Whirlpool Corporation. I am located in Benton Arbor, Michigan. I'm originally from Italy, though, from Milan, Um, and I've been working with Whirlpool for uh, eight years now. Uh, My previous role, and especially uh, the roles where I've been working with that the most, uh, I've been in the quality organization for Whirlpool, And so I have taken roles of increasing responsibility, starting as an individual contributor, taking care of electronics components quality, till I became director for our global electronics quality team.
1: What were some of the challenges that you had that made you think about reaching out to someone like Deb?
2: Well, first of all, uh, as you can imagine, I I lead a team of engineers. So typically, these are extremely smart people, uh, very detail-oriented, very uh, uh, fact-based, data-driven. And so sometimes helping them develop leadership skills, the soft skills, communication, how to interact better together, doesn't come necessarily natural to this type of people. There is no education in engineering school about this kind of soft skill. So when I became the leader of the team, I started wondering what I could do to foster an environment where enhancing leadership skill was a priority for my team and which kind of tools I could give to them. and that's when I met Deb and it was very very beneficial for me uh, to bring an expert and a coach in this area to help out uh, developing a strategy related
1: to this. What were the things that you knew about Deb's work that made you think that she might be the right fit to come in?
2: Well, first of all, Deb was one of our uh, trainers in one of our leadership development programs at Worcester sure. at the time. So, of course, uh, I was able to interact with her during the class. Uh, but especially, I really appreciated uh, her openness and uh, especially uh, the work she did around this. Um, was, to me, an eye-opener. Uh, about how different people can approach uh, uh, work with different styles. And I thought that that was like uh, such an eye opener, as I said, uh, and I wanted to share with my team uh, the same learning that I had uh, uh, going through this course that that, that was uh, leading at the time.
1: Deb, one of the things that I I love about the work that you do with with DISC Model, but also uh, all of your other training is finding the way to help everybody bring their skill sets to the table. So you you need those soft skills and those leadership skills that Simona was just talking about, but celebrating the other skills that everyone is already bringing to the table. So I talk about what that experience was like when you first came in and met this team and the, the kinds of specific challenges that you saw they were
0: facing. I had the opportunity to work two different sessions with Simone. One, she had her manager bring me, in. it was mainly her peers. And then when she was the director, I came in and worked with the managers and her different engineers on the team. And in both situations, as she talked about the light bulb, her real light bulb went off. What I loved is two of her managers came up to me and they said, oh, I love this because it helps me to understand why I had some challenges working with this person. Or, oh, so when she comes to me being a high ID, right, Simona? Yeah. An idea. I'm a C. That's how why I feel this way because I want her to go into more details and she's not because this is where she's coming from. So what was great to see not only the excitement but over time hear stories about how not only those two particular people applied it but several other people that were on her team have applied it to be even more effective not just in face to face communications. But as you heard in her title, she has a global organization. But people working cross regions, cross cultural, and and that
1: was I me. Mean, that was really exciting to see that happen with her team. And that's something you and I have talked about before too, Deb, about how that may not always realize that some of those different strengths uh, and perceived weaknesses that people are bringing are actually. Uh, just cultural differences geographically, which may not always be clear to people within an organization if they don't step back and think about that.
0: If I can just jump in there, it goes to me, it goes almost beyond the cross-cultural because people are people. What DISC does such a nice job of is it looks at fundamental human behavior. So even though I may live in Shanghai, I'm a high C Behaviorally, it could be very similar to someone sitting in Benton Harbor, Michigan, who's a high C, and they have that understanding. So that's the beauty of, of DISC. And I think that was a beauty of seeing what's, what's in our organization because it went beyond the fact of national origins and went beyond that.
1: Yeah, that's great. So, Mona, what was the process like when Deb came in?
2: So it was very interesting because uh, the first time we did these uh, Um, I was having only my North America team at the time. I was a senior manager. And so uh, that came in and we immediately deep dive uh, into uh, some uh, exercise by using the space in the room. So she asked us uh, uh, to going on one side of the room uh, if we were uh, more action driven, or if uh, we were uh, more uh, cautious uh, to go on the opposite side of the room, right? So trying to use this space uh, to help us visualize that, that uh, we might have different approach towards different things. And so this was the 1st uh, kickoff exercise that we did, uh, as I said, when we were all together. The second time, though, that we did this exercise with a larger team, a global team, um, I really appreciated the fact that that could uh, uh, turn the, the program a bit upside down because we did a sort of introduction first about this and what this is when we were connected on the phone. So people were prepared when we had done the face-to-face meeting. We brought everyone in, right? And so we repeated the exercise, but at the time people were already aware of what this was. And so it wasn't anymore necessarily used as an icebreaker exercise, a surprise exercise, but we still used it in a very effective way to instead um, narrow down exactly the differences and so on. So that was very flexible with us and dealing with, as I said, completely different situation, right?
1: So you mentioned that the second time people knew a little bit more of what to expect. Tell us about any reluctance that some people might have had the first time going into it. You no, know, uh, You know, you say we're going to be doing this and there are some people, you know, you mentioned these are... are engineers who may not think that this is something that's worth their time what uh what, who were some of those people don't tell me names but who were some of those people who uh were you know a little little skeptical that this was something they were gonna find out of
2: course uh, so um, you know sometimes in big organization uh, you can have uh, Overwhelm, uh, overwhelm people sometimes and so people that at the beginning were like why are we doing this what are you trying to tell us what is not working right and instead on the contrary uh, the very good news here was that as soon as they stepped into the training they immediately understood the value of doing something like this and of course, uh, Wants uh, to really be happy with this, right? And they immediately uh, wanted to keep the discussion going. And in fact, we kept uh, working on these even after they left, uh, doing our standard routine reviews and so on. We were revisiting some of, of the things we learned. And I perfectly remember one of my managers mentioning that this was a sort of a cheat sheet on how to interact with people. He used this terminology, right? And so the team has started and work like, ah, I see that you want me to get to the bottom line because you are a D, right? But actually, can you give me a bit more time to explain this because I'm a C and I need uh, to get this uh, through you, with all of the details, right? And so just calling out certain behaviors as associated with the disc style helped people understand where they were coming from, and they saw an incredible value in doing that.
1: Deb, is that kind of the typical experience that you've seen?
0: I see it fairly often, but I was really thrilled with the openness and the receptivity of her group because... When you have very strong analytical minds of engineers, sometimes they're a little cautious when it comes to this touchy feely stuff. So I was thrilled by the receptiveness of, of this whole idea. Again, a lot of people will buy in, but you have some people, for example, I've, I've dealt with interior decorators where they just jump into this. It's like, oh, this is great. And, and most of the time, people do embrace it. But when I come to manufacturing engineering people, a lot of times there's a little bit of uh, cautiousness just because. Yeah, they tend to be analytical, very fact based, and say,
1: "Well, you know, what exactly are these soft skills?" But wouldn't you say that that's also a, a beauty of uh, the model in that it is analytical; it is an opportunity to not just be touchy feely, but to see data about oh, what works, definitely. what doesn't work, and what each of us is.
0: Excuse me, most definitely, that's the beauty of it. I mean, there's research behind it. There's a whole model. There's a his, proven history of it, and it's. It's not
1: something I just pull out of the ear, but there is substance to it and research. And Simone, this is all going to be much more successful, obviously, if you're able to keep that going And with, I assume, tools that you got from Deb, but also um, policies and, and things that you've put in place. What is that? process like of coming up with the ways to make sure that this success is is not something that people forget over the weekend but that it sticks
2: (laughs) yeah I don't as uh, as I was trying to describe and as Deb tried to to describe this is really something that clicked for us you know what I'm saying so I don't think there is any way you can go back after you have been explained how this worked you just know, and before you didn't know, right? So I don't think that the problem is people will forget because it clicks. It's very easy and straightforward, and it makes perfect sense because when you receive your first report of who you are from a this perspective, you are like, oh, yes, this is me. Who wrote this? They know me. They spied on me. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so perfectly on the spot, it's exactly who we are. On continuing, though, to use the tools, yes, as a leader, I always have to do it no matter what, right? Um, It's important that repetition helps, you know what I'm saying? So continuing this discussion has been really, really critical so that the team could see that I was committed to this. And that helps build a lot of trust, right? Because now, if you as a leader, are able to explain to your team that you do certain things uh, in a a certain way because you are of a certain style, but you know that it's one of the different possible styles. So you know that your style is not the best, it's just one of the many, right? And this creates trust because basically what you're telling the team is, I'm not perfect, you bring some diversity to the table, and I value your point of view because it's different from mine, right? And so, reiterating the disc conversation, help me reiterate that I want to hear from you, your perspective, your diversity matters, your point of view matters. And that builds an incredible circle of trust. That is what really makes uh, things be high-performing, right? If you don't create that, Uh, you don't have the right uh, mindset, you don't have the right environment for people to really reach the highest level of performance.
1: What did you learn about yourself?
2: (laughs) I've learned that as a leader, it's important to master all of the different styles. There is always one natural style that comes to each and every one of us. But you become a better leader in the moment in which you are Fully aware of what your style is, and you understand that in certain situations, other styles fit better. Okay. So I can give you one clear example of my current role. I'm an ID, I am decision driven, action driven, go, 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 never stop. Right. Now I stepped in recently in a new role uh, where uh, First of all, I needed to learn, listen, and I don't know it all, right? I need to listen first and pause for a moment because people have been in these roles for a much longer time than me. And even if, let me say, I'm the boss, in a certain way, they know much better than I do. So, for example, this is my moment to be more supportive and more looking at data before drive actions right and so the ability of knowing that my tendency is to go 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 recognizing that the situation is uh, think aim be careful understand exactly where other people are coming from and understanding that this situation drives me to be a bit different from my natural child, let me say it's very very powerful does it make sense to you Randy?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm curious how then you you apply that diversity that you're able to acknowledge and celebrate in a new way when, uh, for example, putting together project teams or uh, knowing who's going to work best together. Is that another practical application that comes from it?
2: Yes. So Dev and I have been talking about these A lot, right, because uh, we know there is plenty of research that diverse teams deliver better results. What we have also thought about is uh, not to not give opportunities to people to expand themselves beyond their natural style, right? I, I would say that it would be wrong to create a team of eight people all in the eight uh, slices of the disk uh, pie, right? Sure. Sure. Because that makes it artificial, let me say. It's more about making sure that we have some of the styles represented and especially empowering people. If a team doesn't have an eye, right? Okay, that's the team. But hey, be aware, team, that you don't have that style. So think about these are the aspects that you might be missing. So I am more for not building the teams on purpose using this, but more about making the teams as they are aware of where they are from this perspective so that they can understand what are their blind spots.
1: Absolutely. Deb, where do you hope that Simona and her team are uh, in in a year? If we were having this conversation again in a year, which would be great. We should do that. Uh, but what do you uh, hope they are able to report as further progress?
0: Simona started off talking about using this as a way to build trust and trust is fundamental for a cohesive team or high performing team. And just seeing the progress she's made the last couple of years building the team and the different roles she's had, she has worked really hard to build that trust, even though some people maybe have not met each other face to face. And so when you look at the development there, how does she use this as a resource and tool to take her teams to the next level of performance, especially in the roles that she's in dealing with electronics, electrical systems? Those are fundamental to appliances, as you would imagine. So knowing. Simona and how she leads, Just to see her continue building on this, to continue to build very cohesive and high-performing teams who see the results. I, I see her doing this and, and building upon
1: that, and I'm sure she will. She's That's a great. very strong leader. That's great. It's great to see how this has, has worked uh, in in practice. Before we go, we we always like to do the insight to go, uh, which was the opportunity we give for you to recommend anything you want to to our audience. Uh, it can be something personal. It can be just something that you're enjoying this this week, um, whatever there is. Deb, why don't why don't you go first? What's your insight sure. to go for us?
0: I picked up a book um, that I was real curious about. And finally, I'm reading. I, I'm a big fan of Second City growing up in Chicago. I, I knew a lot about them. Um, it's called Yes And. And what I love about the book it's is their subline says, how, does imp- how improvisation reverses the no-but thinking and improves creativity and collaboration. And what I love about it, they take elements of improvisation and comedy get into what Second City is it's Really the birthplace of this. And they they have a wonderful show in Chicago and Toronto and other parts of the US. And what they do is they look at what are the different elements of improv and how do you tie them to be an effective leader and building teams? So when you say yes and you use it to build on ideas and to take a chance, and then you leverage the strength of an ensemble, um, i.e., your team, and you co-create and you show up being authentic. And there's several other elements there, being a good listener, follow the follower. And it just really is another tool and resource in building strong teams and also for the leader to, to be aware of
1: that really they are leading an ensemble. So it's, it's, it's one I'm really enjoying as you can tell. That's great. I just made a note of that to make sure that I check it out, um, especially being in Chicago and in the second city scene, as I do too. Simona, do you have an insight to go? I know you told us you won't give us your tiramisu recipe. Uh, that's fine. Uh, it's something that you are willing to share and recommend.
2: For sure. So uh, I also have a book. Uh, um, it's called A Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Uh, So Shonda Rhimes is the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, one of my favorite TV shows ever. (laughs) uh, By nature, I I love her. Uh, But uh, this book uh, was really inspirational to me. It talks about how, in the end of the day, leadership, no matter in which industry you work for, no matter what what you want to do with your own self, let me say, bottom line, being a leader means on your personal development and by taking chances, taking risk, and dare to go out of your comfort zone. Uh, so it's an extremely nice book to read, uh, really easygoing. And I would suggest it, uh, especially if you're a business fan like I do,
1: <laughs> like I am. <laughs> That's great. And such positive answers. We have yes and and year of yes are uh, today's Insight to Go recommendations. Uh, well, I want to thank both of you again for being here today. So Deb Terry, the president and founder, of course, of Skill Blenders and Simona Papalardo from Whirlpool, who has also joined us today to talk a little bit about the work that she's done with Deb and Blender. So thank you both for being here. You can find both of them on LinkedIn.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: For my co-host Howard Fox, I'm Randy Ford. We will talk to you next time on the Success Insight Podcast.
0: Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.